Welcome to the Mental Health Multiverse. We're your hosts, HB and LB. We'll be breaking down some of our favorite movies and TV shows as they relate to mental health, self-healing, and overall wellness, while also breaking stigmas, shedding light on misinterpretations, and helping you understand yourself a little better. If you're also on a healing journey and enjoy pop culture, stick around. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Mental Health Multiverse. I am Heather here with my co-host, LB. Oh, I said Heather. I am HB here. (laughs) I am HB here with my co-host, LB. And today we are talking about Snow White. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, I really, like, haven't seen this movie since I was a child, probably, and I did not realize how much I wouldn't like it as an adult. So. <laughs> or just how much I was like, you loved this as a child, and now you're like, oh, I can't even sit through it as an adult. So anyway. It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, let's <laughs> let's get into it. So for those who haven't seen the movie in a while, um, if you're hoping for a synopsis and you look up the movie on Disney+, Plus, they just say, discover the movie called The Greatest Film of All Time. <laughs> or maybe it's animated film i don't know i just i, I think it it must yeah, be greatest animated film of all time um but the better synopsis is when you actually start watching the book and it says <clears throat> once upon a time there lived a lovely little princess named snow white her vain and wicked stepmother the queen feared that someday snow white's beauty would surpass her own so she dressed the little princess in rags and forced her to work as a scullery maid and if that sounds at all familiar, the same exact plot as Cinderella, except Cinderella did not start off as a uh, princess. Because I completely forgot that Snow White was like already a princess. For some reason, I thought she was just some random chick living in the, I don't yeah. know, like living in the woods. The town. Yeah, the yeah. town. And then the queen found out about her through the magic mirror and then sent the huntsman to kill her. And then he was like, oh, no, I can't and, and sent her away. But I had no idea that she, like, she was the princess. Anyway, um, I also forgot that. Yeah. yeah. And then there was there was more to the synopsis. Where to go? Mm. Each day, the vain queen consulted her, her magic mirror, magic mirror on the wall, who is the fairest one of all. And as long as the mirror answered, you are the fairest one of all, Snow White was safe from the queen's jealousy. And then the movie begins. Um, looks yeah. like the movie came out. You you found this note, HB. Thank you. The movie came mm-hmm. out December 21st, 1937. It earned a standing ovation from the star-studded crowd when it was released to the public the following February. The film quickly grossed $8 million, a staggering sum during the Great Depression and the most made by any film up to that time. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I will say, like, Despite it being a very boring movie, like I know I recognize that the animation was like very ahead of its time. Yeah, it is the first full-length traditionally animated feature film and is the first Disney animated feature film for anyone who did not know that fun fact. Fun facts. Yeah. <laughs> um so <laughs> I don't even want to ask you this question, but your answer is funny, so I will. Uh what is your first experience seeing this, LB? I have no idea. <laughs> I have literal zero personal experience with this movie that I can remember. I don't know the first time I watched it. I don't think I ever rewatched it as a child. 
and I haven't seen it until today, until I rewatched it for this episode. And um, <laughs> I probably will not watch it again for another 20 years or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> for anyone who's like starting this episode and be like, is this going to be Snow White hate? Like, no, it's not no. going to be Snow White hate. <laughs> It's just that it's like, we're just surprised. And so I'll say that for, for like my first experience with this, like I remember loving this movie as a kid. Like I, I, this is one of those movies. I feel like I bring it up every week, but like I would go to my grandparents' house. Like my grandparents, basically when they watched me, they would just sit me in front of a TV and I would go through the like Disney, you know, yeah. just like watch all the Disney movies. And that yeah. was like them babysitting me. So like, this was one of the movies that I would put on and like I don't have conscious memory of much but I remember that I loved it and like and what's really funny because like I didn't get this when I watched Cinderella I didn't get this when I was when we watched Hunchback of Notre Dame but for this one for, for Snow White I got like like not triggered memories but like I felt like oh yeah that happened like I would <laughs> I would feel it would like the memory would come back to me of watching the movie like um the moment when grumpy is playing the piano and the pipes of the piano are like little mouths that open or they're like whatever like I was like oh yeah I freaking remember this and like little things like that that would come back to me and I'd be like oh yeah I remember this like I didn't get that at all like this is the first time I felt that like coming all coming back to me now feeling (laughs) um and like I always, always loved the the high ho song, the high ho off to work we go song. Like always yeah. loved that song. Always tried to whistle, could never whistle. I'd be like, do, 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 I can't do, whistle do. either. <laughs> I mean, I can now, but Uh-oh. I couldn't that little. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> I can't whistle. Fun facts about LB. <laughs> well, I have a laughing fit. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> uh the the dark forest scene of her running away was another thing that like all came flooding back to me like I forgot that it existed until I was watching it and then I remembered that it scared the shit out of me as a child it's <laughs> creepy. I was like it, yeah. like the fingers reaching for her dress and the crocodiles coming out of the water like I remembered it when it when I saw it and it was like oh my god yes I was terrified of this part but it was like that way in which like as an adult you like horror movies it's like oh yeah I can't wait for this jump scare like that's how I felt watching Snow White as a kid I'd be like yeah it's the part that I was scared of um we I have very different movie preferences and experiences I hate horror movies I don't like jump scares I don't watch horror movies no thank you um but yes, so that was like my first experience was like, this was a, definitely in my rotation as a kid. Loved the, the parts that scared the crap out of me. Also, like to take it right here, right away, like Disney has, Disney was dark from day one. Disney was dark from Truly. day one. They said, let's make a movie um, where this chick's stepmom hires a dude to kill her. <laughs> I mean, to be fair though, it wasn't like, disney's original content like they took it from grim and and whatever yeah. but yeah yeah like it's like true. fairy tales have always been dark so like the misconception that fairy tales are these like cute little fairy unicorn things that's just yeah. not accurate at all <laughs> yeah um but yeah so since people might be thinking like oh no it's snow white hate we're not we're not hating on snow white there's actually a lot there's actually a lot to love about 
her as a character for for being the first for being the first Disney princess, the first Disney heroine. They set up the stage for like the animal lover. They set up the stage for like the soft heart, like kind heart. Lead has a big heart, leads with love, like that sort of kind of like stereotype of Disney princesses that, that you see today. Yeah. Um, which I don't think there's anything wrong with. Like I think that some of the the qualities of of Snow White are qualities that I don't have. Like the fact that she would sing and clean for hours <laughs> on end happily. That is not she does not have executive dysfunction, I would say. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um <clears throat> Although I guess there are some people who do have like executive dysfunction who use cleaning as a coping mechanism. So that's totally not true. Like, but anyway, instead of do some other tasks that they're supposed to. Yeah, that's yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm the opposite. I'm like, I sit around my filth and I'm like, I feel horrible, but there's nothing I can do about it. Um, (laughs) But um, but yeah, I think like she just she's immediately right off the bat, like kind, nurturing motherly like caring all of those things which I think is really really sweet and very beautiful it's sweet and it's so interesting and I I'm I wrote this down too of like so she's only 14 like she is a a a child yeah in this and it's really interesting that she has all of these like very nurturing motherly-esque qualities about herself where like she finds the house and she's like oh there's seven children that live here and clearly they don't they don't have a mother so I'm gonna become their mother and take care of them and I'm like where did you get this like from your own mother because your stepmother clearly did not show you this kind of like care and and love and compassion so like where is this coming from and I thought that was really interesting and I think it if we're relating it to the real world um I think there are a lot of people who experience that, like a lot of emotional neglect or they didn't have a very nurturing parent and yet they still come out of their childhood kind and compassionate. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they learned how to do that for themselves. Like they had to become yeah. their own parent on their reparenting journey. And so it's it's surprising yet easy for them to do that for other people. Um and then sometimes it's not. And sometimes we get tired of having to take care of ourselves and other people. But then, you know, the hyper-independence kicks in. So I think there's like, you know, obviously there's like a pendulum and there's, it's very multifaceted. And it's not like, if you did not have a nurturing parent, you can, or like you immediately automatically become nurturing of yourself. And like, it's easy peasy. No, like there's a lot of work that comes into it. Um, but I will say that it is possible. And I think this movie despite it being very very boring is a <laughs> is a good representation that it, it it can happen for you too it is very hopeful despite all of the very dark themes um in that regard anyway yeah yeah and go like piggybacking off of the like boring dark part I like I'm I'm shocked that baby me however old I was when I love this movie because it's been out since before I was born like I'm very surprised that young me sat through this movie happily because adult me almost couldn't get through it and was like ADHD is kicking in must pick up my phone must do this must do that Mm -hmm. like (laughs) I'm not gonna lie I fast forwarded through like the last dancing scene like the part where (laughs) grumpy is playing the piano and I like would watch the little thumbnail and I was like okay they're in bed I think she told them a bedtime story and play yeah here's the 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 wicked witch (laughs) it's just so curious to me like 
how did I have the attention span to watch this as a child? But now I don't as an adult. It's so wild to me. It felt so much longer than it actually was. I think it's only an hour and a half, if that. And I was like, are we done yet? Again, <laughs> this is not Snow White hate. This is just, this is, this is just, this is just us, you know, sharing our experiences, our, our honest yeah. truth. And that's what it is. But I guess if we want to shift gears and get into probably the thing that people want to actually hear <laughs> which is um some some you know maybe things that people pull like things that we noticed empowering things or little nuggets I did do some community responses if we want to talk about that a little bit yeah, let's in go. my Instagram stories um and one of the very positive uh responses that we got was about found family mm -hmm. um and that Snow White left her obviously very like cruel and wicked stepmother and found this group of men living in the forest in the woods um, who had also themselves become a found family um, and took care of each other. And, you know, one of my questions is like, why did they go to work? What did, who, who are they pay like, what did they need money for? Why did they go to the mines? Why were they working? I'm so confused, but you know, I don't think people were asking those questions, but anyway, <laughs> that's beside the point. They found each other, they, and she found them and, uh, and they all cared for each other in a very loving way. So found family being like a really big theme of this was brought up as a community response. Well, now that you said it, all I can think of is that like, maybe they were working for a dragon because they mentioned like, oh, what's in the house? Is it a demon, a goblin? Maybe it's a dragon. And so they obviously live in a world with dragons and dragons are known for like hoarding shiny objects. So like maybe they had to go to the mines and like in order for the dragon to like protect them and protect their village. Like this is, I don't know. <laughs> I just... that's what came to mind. Wow. So... I, I love, I love that theory. Um, somebody write that make it a movie it'd be a much more interesting movie than the one we watched I'm so sorry okay <laughs> moving on <laughs> hang on I'm, I looked up why they why they were minors mm. I'm getting into like deep dark territory like they represent the seven deadly sins get out of here that's not what I'm asking you um, we're asking <clears> why <throat> they worked in a mine why yeah. did they have to work at all who were they paying rent to what bills do every, they have? Every morning, the dwarves leave their cottage and march to the mine where they dig for diamonds. The reason for this is never explained. This is made reference to in Hi Ho, in which the dwarves sing that they don't know what we dig them for. <laughs> Each dwarf has a specific job. Grumpy, happy, bashful, sneezy. Dig to unearth diamonds. Sleepy collects the diamonds in a minecart and transports them to Doc, who determines which diamonds should be kept. Rejected diamonds are swept up and thrown away by Jopi. The dwarfs finish their work at 5 p.m. And as the mine is quiet, quite far from their cottage, they return home late in the evening. As they leave for and return from work, the dwarves sing hi ho. So, no reason, <laughs> no explained reason, I guess. <laughs> Well, we can make up our own reasons. And my reasoning is that there is a dragon, dragon. in the lands that is protecting. They have an agreement with the dragon. So, yeah, that, that's my that's my reasoning. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so we we love the, the theme of found family and finding your people. And I think this is something we touch on in a lot of episodes because Disney does a really good job at like 
you know, they have a lot of side characters. They have a lot of supportive, like, Disney sidekicks and that kind of thing. The dwarves are no different from 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 that sort of like support even though she comes in and sort of is there is there uh well she first she infiltrates their space and takes it over (laughs) as as her own um and then they you know see that it's her and she tells them right away like what happened um like oh the queen was gonna kill me and they're like oh snap you can stay here as long as you like especially because you make pie um so so yeah so that's one um another that I think LB you would like to talk about is uh another community response that someone submitted was the toxicity of a parent valuing a child's beauty um being too beautiful making a stepmom jealous which I do think we covered a lot in the Cinderella episode but you know worth noting in this one since they have the same plot apparently apparently (laughs) well i think it's really interesting that they both fairy tales do and i'm like what was happening in the time periods that these were written where a lot of people were writing about evil stepmothers like what's that all about i'd love to learn more but no i think a lot of people far too many people can relate to having a parent or caregiver like treat them horribly out of jealousy or envy And that the caregiver will do whatever it takes to make the child feel inferior or less them in some kind of way in like a very disgusting and toxic power struggle because they're unwilling to face their own insecurities. So they'll bully others and and take it out on others. And obviously understanding why people may do the things they do is never an excuse. Um, But I do think that that is maybe a reason why that happens is like a parent being jealous of how much more societally attractive their child is which is like a weird thing to think about and I don't want to think about that too long or even just like how their child doesn't have to struggle as hard as they did like that's something I had to experience in my relationship with my parents was I'm a I'm a I'm a child of immigrants and you know my parents had to work very hard and I think a lot of children of immigrants can relate to this, like the guilt that comes with hearing, you know, we had to work so hard to give you this life and you're wasting it or you're taking it for granted just because you're choosing to not necessarily like burn out and work 60, 80 hour weeks or something, you know, like, um, and you don't have to survive in the same way that they did. I think it is really interesting that there is that jealousy and I don't think it's, I mean, obviously, I don't think it's fair that it's even a thing because, like, obviously, you're. I I hesitate when I say this just because I am not a parent. I have not had children. I have not had to parent. I've had animals, um, which I know <laughs> is not really quite the same thing. But you know, I think when whenever parents talk about like, oh, I had it so much harder than you, it should never be. a a thing you say or a thing that should be said to hold over a child's head. If you want to teach them about responsibility and hard work, that's amazing. That's fine. Yeah. Like children need to learn about that, but it doesn't have to be like, I had it so hard and so should you. Like, I think the whole, I think part of it is like, I worked hard so that you wouldn't have to, but I'm still going to teach you about hard work in a different way. And I understand that you're going to face different struggles in your life even if they're not the same ones as me, but I'm not going to punish you or I'm not going to like hurt you or be jealous of you or be envious of you because you're not struggling in the same way I did. 
I think when we're talking about jealousy in a relationship between a caregiver and child, it really shows up in like hypercriticism, you know, that like the parent can't ever celebrate you or won't acknowledge how good you are at something. And that can make someone very like critical of themselves or they learn to downplay their success or their accomplishments. And it can just really perpetuate this idea that like you're not enough and and the goalpost is always moving. You know, that's something I had to I really struggled with um, growing up was just trying to do the one thing that I that will make my parents proud of me all I wanted was to hear them say like I'm so proud of you you know I in sports I mean not that I played many sports I was a swimmer I wasn't like the best but I've been told I've been I was fast for my height I'm tiny um if you didn't know if you haven't listened to our if you listen to our mega episode you find out that I'm the same height as Danny DeVito and we are we are on the shorter side (laughs) anyway all of that to say I think that's a marker of of jealousy is just criticism and even if it's not outright um and for some reason this is bringing up like turning red you know like we never see the mother outrightly criticize may and this is why when we talk about like forgiveness i have mixed feelings about whether or not we should forgive that forgive her mom um but she doesn't outrightly criticize may she criticizes the people in may's life and the things that you know may likes even if she can't outrightly say like oh i love this band because her mom is so critical of it and then so she in turn becomes critical hypercritical of herself and others Mm -hmm. anyway huge digression about jealousy in a parent but i think you know healing from that and recovering from that is really just finding ways to cut to like be able to compartmentalize and separate like what they believe about you and what is true about you um, and rediscovering your own truths about yourself um, and identifying. And a lot of it is going to be, it's going to feel very selfish in a way. It might feel a little conceited just because that's what we're told is self-love sometimes, right? We're told like, oh, you shouldn't think so highly of yourself. And if you do, then like you have a big head or you're conceited or you're arrogant or you're selfish. But the reality is that a lot of us are probably doing better than we think. And sometimes we need that reminder. We need that we need that reminder from ourselves and from other people that like, no, we're not not good enough. Like we we are doing more than enough. We probably are smarter than we think, prettier than we think, more capable than we think. And we need those reminders sometimes. So Yeah. And I like what you said earlier about the like the you know like when someone is criticizing you because your life is easier than theirs like when a when a caregiver is doing that it's like however you also like hard can look different like just because yeah. my life isn't hard in the same way your life was hard doesn't mean my life is not hard you know yeah um Definitely. which you know is luckily not a personal experience that i have but you know in 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 different ways I do think that it's like you you need to recognize or we need to recognize that hard is different for like what is hard for me is not hard might not be hard for you and what is hard for you might not be hard for me like there's just people are different everybody's different and and hard looks different for everyone too exactly like the load that we carry can be heavy regardless um I think there's there's this quote that was like 
you can drown in an inch of water or in a hundred feet of water, you know, like you can drown in shallow depths or deep in the ocean, but that doesn't change the fact that you're, you're drowning. drowning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, another community response response we got was, um, being worthy just for how you look. Basically what I think this person is trying to say, um, is basically that Snow White was pretty much judged and either valued for or treated poorly because of her looks. Like there's there, there's almost no in between. It was like either she was almost killed because she was because of her looks, or she was you know accepted by the the dwarves because she was pretty. Like they weren't scared of her in the bedroom because they they lift the sheets over because she's taking a nap and they like go to they go to beat the crap out of her like get out of our house and then they're like oh but it's a pretty woman right we're not scared anymore you know <laughs> so yeah. it's like yeah. it's like a mix of like privilege and jealousy um which you know for pretty people happens a lot um, <laughs> but <laughs> you are conventionally attractive um but anyway, what I would like to say to this is that you are so much more than your looks. Like, mm -hmm. I think that this movie unintentionally puts a lot of value on beauty um, and the standard of beauty, because what is considered beautiful is pale snow white skin, right? Red lips. I'm honestly surprised she's not blonde, to be perfectly honest, <laughs> <laughs> because like, I feel like that was another la layer of the like societal standard, to be perfectly honest. But, you know, hair is black as night. I, there is a, a a quote from the mirror when he is describing her and it is um, that her description in the mirror is she is more fair than thee, talking to the queen lips red as rose hair black as ebony skin white as snow um so i think that putting that as like this makes her the most beautiful person in the land um is also a little bit a little a wee little bit you know problematic whatever um and i saw there's like this this article that i found I don't know how far I would go when it comes to this movie. There's there's a lot of criticisms and there's a lot of like problematic layers to it. I'm going to talk about the beauty standard first. Um, the fact that the Snow White storyline rests on beauty and white skin and a magic mirror that insists that she's the fairest of them all, that mm. kind of thing. A lot of, apparently, a lot of celebrities have actually banned the movie from, like, being shown in their homes because they think it's, that that societal beauty standard is, like, inappropriate to show to children, huh. um, which I think is, I, I think that it is interesting that, that people are going so far as to just, like, ban it rather than, like, have discussions about it and be like, let's talk about it um but anyway boring movie, so you know I don't really you know care. I don't have any problem <laughs> yeah I don't I don't have any problems with banning it because like uh nothing really happens there's really I, I was <laughs> so I was taking my notes Marissa and I LB and I couldn't watch this together so I was taking my notes alone and I just texted LB out of the blue and was like all she does <laughs> is sing and clean like that's 90 percent of the movie is her singing and cleaning i don't understand um i will but say anyway. though that i think 
her cleaning and and cooking very much like Cinderella shows another princess that was like fully capable of taking care of herself like yeah unfortunately this traumatic thing happens to her and she almost dies but like she finds a little home she cleans it up she cooks um and I think it was not necessarily because she had that lack of a parental figure but I think it did push her to become a little bit more self-sufficient at such a young age um and we have to keep in mind that she's 14 she's 14 like I'm putting I know like I'm putting myself in her shoes and like at 14 yeah I was having to do a lot of things for myself with limited resources um and I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier is like how how did she know like Okay, we're jumping ahead. uh, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but kind of going into like healing journey realm stuff, you know, like the mother wound is definitely apparent here. Um, And there's a lot to unpack in in that. But I am curious, like, how does Snow White know what a mother would do? Like, does she remember her own mother? How long, like, how long was she with her mom before the stepmother took over? Like, you know, I have questions. And I know that it can be tiring and I don't want to discredit how exhausting that is when that's like all you've ever had to do for yourself your entire life. And sometimes you just hit that point where you're like, I want to be taken care of and I'm tired of taking care of myself. And that's totally fair and valid. Um, And I'm sorry that that I'm sorry that those are the dominoes that had to fall for you to become, you know, for you to learn how to take care of yourself. But like you're taking care of yourself. So good job. Give yourself a little bit more credit for your hard work. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think that she learned how to be a mother because it's just like natural. Uh, there's part of her that's just like naturally nurturing. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, when she finds she first is out in the forest, like right before the huntsman finds her to kill her. She's like talking to a little bird she found and she's like, yo, where's your mama? Like, I want to yeah. give you like, are you lost little cute little bluebird? That little bluebird is the cutest little thing. Um, <laughs> I don't had no conscious recollection of that adorable bluebird, but I'm just sitting here like she's she's literally just here nurturing this little bird and the husband's up behind her like ee, 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 with the knife. And it's like <laughs> it's, and that he can't kill her because he's watching her be so nice to this little bird. um also she's a child she's 14 and and also (laughs) she's a child yes (laughs) um but but yes so I do think like part of that is just like of course some things that we are naturally good at do come from traumatic things but um but I do also just think that like she may not have seen what what motherly behavior is like but she naturally exudes it without having it like um represented to her in some way um yeah and I think that's a good reminder for people who maybe grew up in um in environments that tried to kind of snuff that compassionate side out that light side that quote-unquote softer side you know um and I hope that on your own journey you can reconnect with it because I think I think we need softer people in this world. I think we need more kind and compassionate people in this world. And like, it doesn't make you weak. I think that's another association people have with kindness and compassion is that, oh, you're weak and and people will just walk all over you. And there are people who will take advantage, but then there are people who will appreciate your kindness and pay you back much like the dwarves did for Snow White. Um, 
I have another note on that though. It is like speaking of the mother wound and and that kind of thing. It is interesting that she uses her housekeeping skills, I guess you could call them skills, as like currency for protection. Um and for acceptance, you know, like here are all the things that I can do for you if you let me stay. And it 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 kind of broke my heart that like she learned that basic needs like a roof over her head and a bed to sleep in are conditional and can be not necessarily bought but that's the only word I can think of right now but can be bartered for with her cooking and cleaning and like doing things for other people and much like Cinderella it just it hits a little close to home in that way um in that you know unless I was doing things well not just doing things but doing it up to a certain standard then I could have like nothing ever felt like mine. There was no security in that sense. It was a very harsh way to teach responsibility. Um, and I'm not a fan of that. But yeah, that was kind of interesting. And that also brought up like, I didn't think I was going to have any notes about about this for Snow White, but it, it did remind me of like different survival responses that we have. So her being like, oh, if you let me stay, I'll keep house for you. She's like fawning um, because she's afraid that she'll get kicked out. And so kind of, yeah and then when the old lady shows up with the apple like instead of turning her away she's overly kind to protect herself like yeah I'm alone but yeah like I'm making pies and um I forget the exact quote she says but anyway she's like fawning to protect herself and there are different kinds of survival responses most typically we hear about fight or flight but there's also freeze fawn and feign so feign is, according to psychology today, by definition, feign implies a more artful invention than just mere pretending. As a trauma response, an individual may, st- uh, may simulate befriending, deferring, negotiating, and or bargaining in service of self-preservation or saving another. So I guess maybe her bartering her services is a little bit more feigning than, than fawning, because I think fawning is like, oh, yes, you're so amazing, and just like kind of being a yes- a yes man. So actually we see a lot more feigning than fawning um, mm-hmm. in this movie, which I think is interesting and not a survival response a lot of people talk about. Um, I do think that we obviously obviously see flight as a survival response when she's running away from the huntsman. Granted, he had to like tell her to run away, um, which I also thought was an interesting scene because he's like, go, run away, hide and never return. And I was like, am I watching Lion King right now? You know, when Scar is like... <laughs> and the way she's like looking around like, but where? I don't know what my life is like. Yeah, she's like, go now. Um, we, and we definitely see Freeze for sure. Um, like when the Huntsman tries to kill her, she kind of freezes up. She doesn't even try to defend herself. She just like throws her arms up and waits for the blow, I guess, so to say. Um, and I feel like we kind of see it initially when the old lady shows up, but also that scene when she's like making the pie and the shadow creeps up and then it like pans to the old lady's face. It's terrifying. I would be horrified as well. I, I would also, I would probably pee my pants, but that's different. Anyway. Um... <laughs> that's a moment where little Heather was like, yes. <laughs> and adult LB was like, no. Um <laughs> But all of that to say, you know, talking about the mother wound, mother wound and surviving and having to become self-sufficient in order to survive, I think this is another representation of like a complicated parent-child relationship that a lot of people can face. Like as children, 
we need that parental nurturing to learn and and grow but the question is then like what are we supposed to do when people who we're told are supposed to care for us and love us unconditionally just don't when they want to snuff out our light and keep us small what what do we do and I think that's a lot of that's a journey a lot of us are on probably if you're listening to this podcast I know that's like a big majority of the people I've connected with on social media and in my own personal life is just like how to navigate how to how to become your own parent essentially you know the reparenting journey and there's so much I could say on that um but also for time's sake I don't want to I don't want to give a little TED talk but if you listen to any of our previous episodes we do we do touch on that a little bit especially in the Rapunzel episode so you're more than welcome to listen to that um another thing I thought that was really interesting is so far most of the princesses um that we've seen have had to run away or are forcefully pushed out of their life slash comfort zone to create a new life. Um, And I think that's very relatable in terms of sometimes we go through something traumatic or life altering and and we kind of have to adapt on the fly and create a new life for ourselves. I do wish it were as easy as a Disney movie, um, but oftentimes it takes, it takes more time, a support system, a lot of self-discovery and, um, self-love which I also think is interesting that it's different than a hero's journey because it feels like a hero's journey is you know you're given this quest you go off to prove yourself and succeed and then you come back and you're given accolades and praise and blah 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 so I wonder what you would call like this kind of journey the princess journey the princess journey I love it <laughs> is your evil stepmother jealous of you too <laughs> Join us on the princess journey. No. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a really, it's a really interesting different take on like thinking about um how to handle when you are like how to handle a journey where you see like you have been been pushed into a situation that you don't want to be in. You have to adapt and figure out how to move forward. Um and then how then do you create a life for yourself on the other side of that traumatic event? Right. Um, which, you know, I think that, you know, with as as boring as this movie was, um, <laughs> I think that Snow White does a really, really good job of this, you know, until she goes and eats a poison apple. Uh, just a, a little naive, but again, she is only 14. So um, she's 14. <laughs> yeah but like um but I do think that really well first of all she got really lucky by finding a cottage (laughs) in the woods that had like the sweetest little old men inside right Mm -hmm. like you don't get you don't get that lucky (laughs) It's it's just like really great but I think that it can be a sign too that like it's this is gonna sound so cheesy so like please yell at me but like it's that it's the whole saying of like like once you get through to the other side like the grass is greener on the other side right like there's something better waiting for you sometimes on the other side Mm -hmm. and like and it's not luck and it's not you know like you're being pushed towards something better and then she finds that something better in this group of little old men. So yeah, she just had to <laughs> crawl through a creepy forest that was like out to eat 
her or something mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> no it, i mean it's it's true it's a little cliche but it's true like sometimes the only way out is through you just kind of mm-hmm. have to keep you just got to keep going you know um speaking of that forest i do wonder if if her hallucinating all of those like it's because it's interesting she's hallucinating all of these like very scary things right like the trees and the eyeballs and the like branches and the hands reaching out to her and the crocodiles in the water and then she just like faints and falls in the forest um out of fear but then the camera pans out and the forest is like cute and there's little forest creatures instead and so I wonder if that's like a marker of I mean it probably is a marker of like a traumatic experience you know and mm-hmm. that did kind of remind me of like how sometimes we will respond to a current situation from a past traumatized response you know and a lot of that comes down to like unlearning that comes down to being present in the here and now and recognizing when those past responses want to come up out of a regulated nervous system state and how to stay grounded and present and respond to the current situation as is anyway um yeah uh, that just that just occurred to me mm-hmm. yeah um and she also finds support in the forest animals and those forest animals really did not want her to eat the apple and she did not listen to them and that was really frustrating i was like <laughs> you don't see the birds in the window being like bitch don't eat the apple i was like where where did your connection with nature go suddenly out of nowhere? <laughs> uh, what the heck? What the heck? Um, it is funny how, I mean, and I know it's heavy handed for a reason, but it is funny how like the princesses are always, or the heroines anyway, are always associated with like cute little forest creatures. And the evil villain is always associated with like crows and ravens and vultures and like <laughs> these <Yeah>. really- Birds. <laughs> yeah, these really scary birds. Hmm. It's, yeah. But again, yeah. I I understand why, because that's imagery and parallelism and all that fun stuff. But I do think it's very interesting. Yeah. But um, I do want to just reiterate again, because I feel like I started talking about this a little bit and then we got back into like the the healing journey and, oh, and yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Um, But I do think that like something to note about Snow White is really that like you are like looks are not everything and they should not be a marker for your worth either um and like I think that you know it's it's also not necessarily something you have control over um like Snow White couldn't control that she was the fairest of them all (laughs) um and in fact this is my hot take you ready Ooh, I'm ready. she's the fairest of them all because she had a beautiful heart yeah right yeah that's why she was the fairest of them all the evil queen was ugly on the inside mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. why the mirror was like yo snow white's actually way more fair than you because she is has a beautiful inside not just outside and i think that that should be the important thing to take away from this is like you know be beautiful on the inside <laughs> right yeah you can't control your meat suit but you can control how what you do with it <laughs> yes exactly exactly <laughs> like you are so much more than your looks and like think more about because this is this is like a cheesy saying that I see all the time but it's like at your funeral nobody is going to remember 
like what size pants you wore or how much mm-hmm. you weighed or anything like that. They're going to remember how you made them feel. Yeah, it's true. And like, that's it. And, you know, it's as as silly as it sounds. If you made someone feel loved and seen and heard and beautiful and like, that's what's important. What you look like, not so much. Yeah. So if you take anything lovely away from this, I hope it's that. <laughs> um, because I do think that Snow White was very beautiful on the end. Like she was a very beautiful soul, a very beautiful person um, and a very kind and loving and caring and nurturing person. And that is what made her beautiful, not the Snow White skin and the ebony hair and the whatever, whatever that the mirror lists. Like, that's not what did it. It was who she was as a person that made her beautiful. So, yeah. Agreed. We should just wrap up there. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) That was beautiful. Aw, thanks. Mm. We're all Snow White. (laughs) We're all Snow White here. Um. I think another thing that is a common misconception about this movie, and I think it's because, well, for me, (laughs) I didn't remember this. So maybe you'll be the same and the listeners will be the same. Let me know. Um, I forgot that she had met the prince at the beginning of the movie before she eats the apple and goes to sleep. Because in my recollection, the first time that they meet is when he kisses her and she is awoken from her sleep. But they do, in fact, have a song together at the beginning of the movie, which I completely (laughs) forgot about. (laughs) Um, And I think that there is a misconception that the prince just kind of comes out of nowhere and kisses her. Whereas, no, they actually had a solid foundation of a relationship built, even though she's only 14. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) By Disney standards or like the fairy tale standards. They have, Uh, yeah, they have a connection. They, they, I, and. And another song that I didn't realize was about the princess when she's telling the dwarves about him and she's singing about how she's in love. Like mm-hmm. she's talking about the prince. And I'm like, little Heather did not, she didn't compute that. She didn't compute this. She just was enjoying the dwarf. I don't know what I was. Apparently. I, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know what I was enjoying, but yeah, that was. <laughs> but <laughs> the darkness. Um, uh, but. I think that like we have to remember that that they do have a relationship like she was in love with the prince and as weird as as it is that she was 14 like they had a solid um foundation of a relationship before the end of the movie where he kisses her and she wakes up so I just Mm -hmm. think that's like kind of important to note because I think some people and maybe in some versions, some iterations of it, they've never met before. I don't really know. I haven't seen many adaptations of this. But um, but in this version, in the version that's on Disney+, Plus, <laughs> <laughs> um, they have a song together at the beginning. She sings about being in love with him. They, I'm pretty sure that they are, like, to be married. Um, which is why I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bonkers idea that he, he woke her from her sleep at the end. But that's, again... My hot take, my hot tea. Um, well, no, I think I think that makes sense because the thing that's going to undo the spell is love's first kiss. It's not even like true love's first kiss. It's just her first love's kiss or love's mm-hmm. first kiss, you know? And so this is the first person that she has fallen in love with. And I think, okay, also, yeah, the fact that she's 14, I think we can all relate to this as teenagers 
having like you know finding love for the first time or like feeling feelings for the first time about someone and how intense we feel them and of course she's like yeah I'm in love with this guy that I sang a song with like <laughs> um it and it's, so it's not too far off yeah I my question though is that when they ride off when they ride off into the sunset together and like his castle is in the clouds which I thought was actually kind of it was like very funny imagery to me who 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 is taking over her kingdom because the queen is gone she True. apparently is gone what <laughs> what's happened to her kingdom <laughs> questions <laughs> maybe they just rule both i don't freaking know i <laughs> yeah they, they've just expanded their lands look at that yeah. an alliance was made and benefits everyone wow amazing <laughs> yeah um i do think i do want to bring up one more a couple more problematic little notes that I I'm actually not gonna like articulate my own personal feelings about them but I will link to a couple of articles so that people can have these discussions on their own um one of those being about the consent of the kiss I'll link an article that talks all about why Snow White is the worst story for your children um do I agree <laughs> with that maybe not but that's what the article is called um and then um, and that article is a little bit more about consent and the kiss and all of that. But another article I'd like to link is um, from News Nation Now. And it's a, it's a discussion about if Snow White is offensive to little people. Um, and again, I can't really speak on this. This is not something that I feel like I am educated enough or well-versed enough to speak on. But I do know that in a recent interview um, with Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, on the Mark Marin podcast, um, they talk about how Peter Dinklage was approached to play a dwarf in an, a live action remake of Snow White, mm. and he was vehemently against it and basically said, "Like, why is this the only stories that we're telling where my where people like me can be cast? Like, why mm. aren't we just casting people like me in in everyday traditional roles? Like, it should I shouldn't be getting calls like this." to play a dwarf anymore like just right. you know yeah um and also noting like why are we doing a live action remake of snow white mm -hmm. um <clears throat> so that's that article there and i think that if anyone um would like to have any further discourse about it you can find find our instagram post when we post this episode and comment it there um or you can talk about it if you're a patron in our discord so yeah yeah, but I'll link all those. And then there's another article that I kind of already mentioned about the snow white skin and the realistic, or not realistic, in the beauty standard of um, uh, the controversy behind uh, why people have banned this movie in their homes. So I think just linking those and not necessarily like having a discourse about it on here is is the best course of action for me personally. I agree and i support that decision um, thank you <laughs> hb do you have any favorite quotes from the movie even so though this i don't movie is not quotable i was gonna say i don't think this movie is very quotable i think that like maybe if i were to pay attention to some of the songs better question mark i don't know um but i was looking at my notes and i did find a couple of little um little little funny bits here and there so um when she after she's gone through her little traumatic experience in the horrors of the forest <laughs> um 
she scares the crap out of the animals like they're all like what are you doing lady (laughs) (laughs) so she's like fallen to the ground and fainted and I think they um they like they're around her like hello are you okay um and the her the first thing out of her mouth is like I'm so ashamed of the fuss I've made (laughs) like oh you just had a traumatic experience babe like it's okay um and then she she goes what do you do when things go wrong oh you sing a song and then they just start singing (laughs) just talk about how good that snow white impression is that's so good hit up chloe and do a snow white princess Princess. party for people (laughs) there you go there's your audition tape (laughs) thank you uh but then i have another one that i i actually hate but also love because i am the type of person who sometimes loves things i should hate but grumpy (laughs) when um grumpy is the only dwarf who is not accepting of snow white's presence uh, talk about a non-consensual kiss by the way she forces her a kiss on his forehead uh so <laughs> uh but then he walks away and he's blushing anyway um but he when everyone else is like fall fawning over her he goes all females is cursed she's full of wicked wild <laughs> i just thought that was so funny <laughs> because, i forgot how like, i forgot how funny grumpy is in this movie he's very funny like yes females are cursed this is this is the root of feminism right here (laughs) (laughs) or he's like he's like the exact like he is he is the anti-feminists who are like women are cursed women are the worst um it's like comes from the same like apparently if there's a woman on board of like a pirate ship it's bad luck or something like that so there's like a like throwing i just i just thought it was so those are my favorite quotes apparently those are the ones i wrote (laughs) it's such a different take than like a lot of our other favorites where we're like there's this deep meaning behind it and we're like yeah (laughs) oh wait I also want to say this note that I had written down and I sent to you but you know obviously people who are listening don't see my notes but there's a whole ass song about washing yes (laughs) wash our hands I was like where was this song during COVID like (laughs) (laughs) Uh, true um, <clears throat> and another another note that i found just to like go back to the horrificness of it all the queen's transformation when she like mixes up the potion and takes it and like turns into the old oh, woman like God, yeah that was terrifying. terrifying and that was another moment where i'm like man little psychopath heather loved that part <laughs> like should i be concerned <laughs> I'll have to ask my mother like why did I like this stuff so much my 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 whole family is like super into horror and uh, like you know our it's it makes sense if if it's it's not a bad thing I don't think speaking of that scene where she makes the potion that's where my favorite quote not even favorite quote because again this movie isn't quotable I just thought it was so funny she's making it she's talking about all the different ingredients that she has to make and she says a blast of wind to fan my hate and this gust of wind rips through the the room and and god it was so funny to me I don't know why I'm like that's every time it's windy now I'm just gonna stand out there and be like yes wind to fan my hate my hate (laughs) for 
when we start getting haters for this podcast, that'll just be our response to them. Yes. Like, a gust of wind to fan, fan my hate. <laughs> Love it. Um, I think my only other notes that I kind of wanted to touch on that have nothing to do with like mental health or healing. So if you want to <laughs> skip over this, feel free. After that scene when, or was it after? Yeah. After the scene, she transforms and she's like hobbling down the stairs because she's like ready to go find Snow White. She gets down into like the prison and there's a skeleton. And I'm wondering whose skeleton is that? It's like the skeleton reaching for the water that's just out of reach. And I'm like, is that Snow White's real mom? Is that the king? Because I have questions. Um, I'd really like to know who that is. Not that it pertains to the story, but I'm like, who is that? Why are they all of a sudden a skeleton? Good question. And if any of you have theories on any of this, put it in the comments under our post on Instagram. We want to know. <laughs> I love reading fan theories and head cannons and all of the things. Yes, please tell us. Um, I I do kind of wish though that she hadn't died or that I kind of wish that the ending wasn't the the evil queen dying. But I'd rather it have been that she just wasn't able to change back and she would have to like live out her days in exile as this ugly hag or whatever to like really emphasize the fact that like her jealousy is what turned her like her jealousy is what made her ugly and and became a physical manifestation of her inner ugliness rather than her just dying. And I think that's like an ending I have issue with in a lot of movies where the villain or whoever like either learns their lesson right at the end and then dies or they just die and there's no real justice um yeah yeah it's it's almost like that um oh my gosh is there a quote by it like it's something about like getting what you deserve which is worse than death you know what I mean oh yeah like like there's a fate worse than death yeah yeah and like that would have been to her a fate worse worse than death that is um like a storytelling device that is a marker of like good storytelling when the stakes are not death the stakes are something worse than that um and as you can tell that that's not a device used in this movie so it's not great no I'm (laughs) I'm sorry I keep coming back to that it's really not (laughs) that bad it was very groundbreaking in terms of animation very ahead of its time um and I can recognize that I also think it's funny how the wicked witch or whatever we want to call the old lady tells her that like this is a wishing apple and when you eat it all of your wishes will come true from snow white's perspective they do come true she eats the Mm. apple and she wakes up to the prince whisking her away to her the 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 castle because that's what she says right before she eats it she says until what what does he what does she say until take me away to his castle and we'll live happily ever after. And she, then she takes a bite, wakes up, and he's carrying her onto his horse <laughs> and they live happily ever after. So from Snow White's perspective, it worked and she had a happy ending. <laughs> Good. I'm honestly so happy for her. <laughs> honestly, like, good job, girl. <laughs> there you go. Yay. Those are all like my, those are all my notes. Anyway. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Like, I think, you know, I, I, of course, this movie was groundbreaking, like we keep saying, incredible for the time. I think that it is 
quite outdated. And I also yeah. think that um, I don't think that there is any reason, like Peter Dinklage said, there's no reason to bring it back. I think like, I think it's one of those that you can say is like, this is number one in the Disney vaults. We're good. We like it like that. Uh, we don't need we don't need to bring back Snow White. I really don't think so. I think that it 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 is what it is, and it served its purpose for what it was. And it's time to like maybe use it as a marker to move forward rather than use it as something to recreate. Um. So, agreed. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. I think that was all my notes. All right, friends. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. Um, you can let us know your thoughts on our Instagram post, email us at mhm.thepodcast.com, or if you want us to have like a more of a discourse, you can join our Patreon where you'll get access to our Discord server and we can talk more about these things there. I am curious to know um what your thoughts on Snow White are, any empowering things that you've taken away from the movie or maybe that our discussion has planted the seed within you um and we'll talk to you next time yes thank you so much for listening to this episode of the mental health multiverse podcast and for spending time with us hb and lb special shout out to our musical composer little hb if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast feel free to share it with others post about it on social media leave a rating and review or become an exclusive patreon member to see bonus and additional content to stay up to date on all things MHM, you can follow us on Instagram at Heather Bodie and at LittleBint underscore not broken, or subscribe to our YouTube channel to see our faces and watch some fun bloopers. You can find all of these links in the show notes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.